an ironic media production. Visit us at ironickmedia.com. All right, today on the podcast, I have Susan Lander, and she is a longtime friend of mine. I met Susan back in 2006 when I was thinking I was losing my mind, basically, and she pulled me aside and said, I know of other people like you, and I can teach you some things that are going to make this transition into a medium or psychic readings and things like that much easier. I am so grateful for Susan, and I am so excited to share this episode with you because we talk about her book, Conversations with History. So Susan is a medium, and she interviewed 22 history changemakers and celebrities. So throughout the episode, you'll hear about some of these celebrities and changemakers and what they thought of their lives while they were here. You'll also hear about what they're up to on the other side. This episode is so fun, and I can't wait to share it with you. If you want to know more about Susan, you can follow her on social media at Susan Lander Author. But for now, here's Susan Lander. Let's get started. Welcome to the Affiliate Podcast. I'm your host, Amy Stark. This podcast, I'll be sharing messages of hope, healing, and transformation. I'll teach you how to shift your mindset, conquer your fears, and become the best version of you. You'll get to witness healings as well as hear from my mentors, teachers, and about the extraordinary journey I've been on for the last 14 years. My connection with energy is so strong, and I can't wait to share it with you. Let's get started. I am so grateful for Susan Lander for many different reasons. She, she's getting embarrassed. She's on <laughs> screen covering her face. But honestly, I, throughout the podcast, I've referred to you as my friend, but the friend that took me under her wing really and showed me that it was okay to be as sensitive as I was and, you know, showed me that there were other people that were like me and what books I might be interested in and things like that. So I am super grateful for Susan. She also was one of my first clients, which was really, really special because she was so open and so receptive and gave me a lot of feedback, which really helped me to advance my healing abilities and skills. And so I'm just super grateful for her. But the reason why she's on the podcast, not only because she's just awesome, is because she has written a book that's called Conversations with History. I knew her when she was writing this book, and it was so incredible to listen to the different interviews that she was doing with celebrities who've crossed over or people in history who had made their mark. And, you know, we kind of want to still hear from them. (laughs) So it was super cool that she sat down with 22 different celebrities and these people to ask them what life was like, you know, as a reflection based on, you know, now their new higher perspective on things, but also like what it is we need to know while we're still here to help make life a little bit easier. So Susan, Welcome to the show. Thank you, Amy. Likewise, I was just reflecting when you were doing the introduction. Thank you for all the kind words. I literally remember the second I met you. I'm pretty sure I remember too. (laughs) Yep. It was at East West Books and someone brought you and said, you need to meet each other. And that was it. And you helped me a lot and as well. And, you know, back then I had some serious and hard to treat health problems and you were willing to work with me on them, and you actually really did help me. So brought me a long way, and you know, 
Yeah. You've been following my journey. Yeah. I mean, Susan came to me and she had multiple chemical sensitivities for anybody that doesn't understand what that is. It's, uh, it's horrific. So she would be triggered by smells and scents and, you know, chemicals that were in the atmosphere. So like, if you think about when you go to Starbucks and, you know, the bathroom has an air freshener that would make her whole skin feel like it was on fire and she would go into massive fight or flight and things like that. So she was constantly dealing with that. And so she had, you actually retrained your amygdala, right? Well, at one point you did that. I, I did. I've, I've done a, well, you actually worked on my amygdala too. Yes. <laughs> and multiple chemical sensitivity is basically an amygdala dysfunction. Something happens, a trauma happens, and it can be induced by chemicals or molds, usually right. one or the other. And it changes your system. So your system thinks everything is a lion, tiger, or bear and Mm -hmm. chasing you. So people with it basically get confined to their homes. They lose their jobs. And I know there are a number of people with, with, we call it MCS, that end up living in trailers in the middle of the desert or camping because they can't even be in In a trailer. In a trailer, it's really awful. And I'm blessed because, I mean, I still have it. But it's definitely tamped down a lot and much more manageable. And I'm now living here in Florida. But yeah, I can have you know more of a normal life. Yeah, I, I definitely ugh, I owe I owe you a lot of thanks because you were probably you, people don't know how to treat that, and you were actually able to do some work on that. So that was great. Well, thank you. Yeah. So, would you say that was your dark night? I was a lawyer working in Washington D.C. for many years traveling and loving my job. And then I was exposed to toxic molds. And within a period of weeks, all of a sudden, I couldn't be around people. I couldn't be around anybody or anything. And I couldn't breathe. And it was completely terrifying. And I had to leave my job because I had a frequent travel job. Mm. So it was kind of like, I don't know, it was a dark night. My life crashed and burned around me. (laughs) Sounds like a dark night. <laughs> it was pretty bad. Things shifted. My employer moved me to New York to try to give me a different job, and that still didn't work. And then I left. And then I spent many years on the sofa, mostly because I was so yeah. sick. It was a tough time. It was sort of like a dark ten years, I guess. <laughs> yeah, but a dark night is misleading. You know, <laughs> it can be yeah, a I ten would years. Say yeah, it was, it was. It happened in two thousand two, which is incredible. It's twenty years ago. So between 2002 and 2011, when I wrote this book, it was really bad. But I always had hope hmm. that something would change. Yeah, so, you were you at that time. At some point, you must have gotten connected to the spiritual community in which I found you, right? You know, which would give you hope, which would help. You know, I would think. Yes, that's really astute, and that's exactly correct. Because my employer moved me to New York. And I'm getting chills because right right before all this happened, I started studying spiritual topics. I started studying tarot and numerology and kind of dabbling, but becoming interested. And then when I moved to New York, I went to a workshop with Sonia Choquette, Mm -hmm. who's an amazing spiritual teacher. And I found Sixth Sensory New York. Right. And then all of a sudden in sort of is my way. I guess I show up and then within nine months, one of the leaders left and decided I was one of the leaders. 
it was kind of crazy. And then there was another group at East West Books and the same thing happened. So I was, even though I was very sick, the times I would get out a couple of times a month and lead spiritual groups. Yeah. And I would teach psychic development and, you know, and, and take the occasional workshop. It was hard because, you know, people would wear essential oils and things, but I would somehow manage, but I think that's exactly true. I continued to be involved with the spiritual community and I met a lot of people like you, you all kept me going when things yeah. were hard. Yeah. We actually still have a call a monthly, or actually now we've moved it to every three months because life gets mm-hmm. crazy, but we've been talking for 14 years or something, or te- maybe, <laughs> maybe, I don't know, some long amount of time. Some crazy long amount of time. Yeah. yeah. We, we were first on like the phone and then we were like, why don't we do this on zoom eventually or some sort of TV chat, early couple, zoom. Yeah, early zoom, whatever that was. <laughs> and then we, then we finally just recently moved to zoom like two years ago or something like that. So we all get to see each other and we basically call each other believing eyes. You know, we hear what we're doing and help each other along and see how good we all really are and, and how hard we're trying. So anyway, it's, it's just nice to have a group like that and basically evolve from that first six sensory group. I had joined, you know, back in, I don't know, 2006 or something. Yeah, it was a good time. I'm still, uh, yeah, still definitely have a lot of friends from that group. So Susan, in 2011, you started writing a book and how did you come to this under, like, what made you think of this topic? Do you know? (laughs) I didn't exactly think of it, but I, I need to sort of preface it by saying, I would say the end of my laying on the sofa phase, (laughs) you know, just being sick, I had something really dangerous happened with my lung. Oh, right. And I arrived in the hospital in acute respiratory failure. I was, I remember thinking like I was in the ER and I was like, oh my God, oh my God, is this it? And it was, you said 2011, it was, but I, and I'd been struggling for 10 years at that point. And I remember thinking, is this it? Is this it? And then I hear this voice behind me. It was an actual person, not a spirit. <laughs> and it was a doctor who was say, who said, she doesn't know how lucky she is that I'm here. And I'm like, there it is. Right. <laughs> and it, it just so happened that this lung surgeon, like this famous lung surgeon was in the ER at St. Luke's at that moment. Wow. For some reason. And he was trying to tell me they didn't really know if like, it was, I was in a really dangerous situation. I don't remember very much of it, but I remember that I had to go in for surgery because they had to operate on my lung. And I, at that point, outside the operating room, I saw my spirit guides. And spirit guides are the spirits who help us on our path when we're here. Mm-hmm. I believe that everybody has one main guide and others who help us. Being a medium who works with spirit, I was familiar with Leah, my main guide. And there were, there were other guides like these like elder, I call them elders. Mm. And they all were there looking pretty grim. And they said, well, okay, do you want to stay or do you want to go? Because I was about to go in surgery and I thought, oh my God. And I thought, oh, oh, you know, my life has been really hard. I could just go. And then I thought, but, but I have to write a book. I have things I have to do. And they said, you have three minutes. I I actually swore at them. I did (laughs) in my head. I was talking to them in my head and, and they said three minutes. It was sort of like TikTok. Oh, oh, they said, if you stay, we have a surprise for you. Oh, 
I was like, oh, really? (laughs) (laughs) And I'm so curious, naturally. And even in that really bad state, I was like, really? And I said, okay. And then they took me into surgery. I was in a coma for a week. And I woke up. And I actually remember waking up. There was this nurse, the male nurse standing at the foot of my hospital bed in ICU. And he was looking at me. He said, there you are. He said, I just saw your spirit come back in your body. I was like, okay. So that's so interesting because when I've seen people in a coma, they are halfway out of their body and floating around. That's really interesting. I remember that like, like yesterday I was like, okay, this is interesting. (laughs) And well, so I was back, but I was in bad shape and they just didn't, then my doctor's like, you know, I don't know. We don't know. We don't really know what caused it. You know, we fixed sort of a big thing that happened, but we don't know if it could happen again. I was like, oh my God, what do I do? I'm sure I called you. I don't know. Oh yeah. I'm sure I called you. I called you in the hospital. Now I'm remembering. Yeah. I did. I hadn't thought about this in many years, but I was like, oh no. (laughs) And my, but the guides showed me these healing meditations and mantras and like how to, you know, say these mantras and do these visualizations with these colored lights around my lungs. And it was wild because I kept visualizing six months ahead, going to the doctor's office with him saying, it's a miracle. I, you know, I don't know how this happened, but it's a miracle. And literally that is what happened. I wow. went to his office. He dragged me out of his office and he showed me on the computer monitor, the CAT scan. He said, that was you then. This is you now. If I didn't know it was you, I would never have known it happened. <laughs> he said, I don't understand it. I don't believe it. It's a miracle. And wow. that was the mantra. They told me, I don't understand it. I don't believe it. It's a miracle. That Those are the words he said. I was just like, oh my God. So anyway, it's a long story, but it's an incredible story because my healing was spirit led. And I I know I set up appointments with you. I barely remember through the haze, but then I go home and that was April, 2011 and September, 2011. I was like, oh, you got to write that book. You got to tell your story. Uh, Right. And (laughs) Like many people that want to write a book, you don't start writing. It's an yeah. issue. Yeah. And somebody, Marcy Shymoff, who's a spiritual teacher, had sent in her email this Ben Franklin schedule. It's pretty cool if you haven't seen it. You can Google it. Yeah, no, I don't he, know about it. It's very neat. He it was his schedule he lived by, and it was about like diversions, but he had he worked a lot. He woke up early and he worked a lot. I hung it up on my refrigerator because I just thought it was quaint. And then it was like, I got a flash of him. And I was like, oh, but I'm from Philly. You know, we love Ben Frank. We love our I ben. love Ben. I, uh, he, I've got a thing for all the inventors from the past. <laughs> like, right. I'm like, I, I just love you guys. <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, Philadelphians, especially we love our Ben. And, and I saw it, I was like, oh, that's funny. But you know, mediums, you see occasional famous people. You don't really think that much about it. They're spirits like anybody else. Right. And I didn't think too much of it. It was interesting. But then the next day I looked at the schedule and then there he was again. Hmm. I thought, oh, hi. (laughs) (laughs) And like I was sitting in my kitchen and there he was. Right. And then he starts talking. Like he started saying these things like, you know, I'm fine. And, you know, what do you do if Ben Franklin shows up in your kitchen? Right. Right. (laughs) And, And that's the first chapter of my book, like Ben Franklin in my kitchen. I didn't quite know what to do with him. And I thought, 
let me, let me, I, I kind of reverted to lawyer mode. And I was like, let me just ask him questions. I was like, so what are you doing on the other side? And then he answered. And, and I was like, oh, wait. And I got some paper. I started writing. And like 45 minutes later, I had all this interesting information. And then he left. And I thought, oh my God, that is so cool. Wouldn't that be the coolest book? And I called my sister and I was like, okay, so like Ben Franklin was just here. She's like, cool. <laughs> I said, do you want to hear it? And she said, yeah. And I read it to her and she said, wouldn't that be the coolest book? I said, I know, right? That's what I was thinking. And then I called my parents and you actually don't know about this yet. It's about, I, that's a litmus test. <laughs> okay. I called my parents, right? Who, you know, were, were like, I, you know, interested in what I did. And, you know, they, they read, they read Brian Weiss, you know, on past lives and stuff. But I said, okay, this is really weird. I know this is weird, but Ben Franklin was in my kitchen, the spirit, and I did an interview. And they said, well, we were just at a meeting with the world expert on Ben Franklin who just spoke. <laughs> what? I'm That's like, so weird. I mean, literally, boom, boom, boom. While this was going on, my parents are at this, you know, brunch in Florida listening so to the speaker on Ben Franklin. And I was like, whoa, because in the spirit world, all these are validations that this is right. real. Yeah, totally. Right. So I said, okay, universe, if this is real, okay, why did this happen? Am I supposed to be talking to other people? And they said, Abby Hoffman, Frederick Douglass, Andy Warhol, Farrah Fawcett. Mm. I was like, <laughs> and I wrote it down on my piece of paper. I'm like, Abby Hoffman, it wasn't, wasn't he the stars and stripes guy? Like the guy that wore the stars and stripes. Um, that was a little before my time. Hmm. Um, I don't even I know who really, that is. He was a hip, like the hippie. He led this, this group called the Yippies. They were peace guys during okay, cool. the Vietnam War. Okay. They were activists around peace. He wore a shirt with the stars and stripes and he got arrested a lot and did peace protests. I didn't know much about him at all. And Frederick Douglass, I had heard of, but, and, you know, the slave abolitionist, but I didn't really know much. And I was like, okay, well, this was interesting, right? And so the next four days, I did four interviews. First was Ben. Second was Abby Hoffman was next, which is very interesting. And I'll tell you why in a minute. But then it was Frederick Douglass, Andy Warhol, then Farrah Fawcett. And I realized what was happening was they weren't just chit-chatting. They each had a specific message. Hmm. I thought, this is, this is wild, right? And in the meanwhile, I had, was trying to get this other book going, <laughs> which was not this book. And I had set up an appointment with this editor named Mark oh, yeah. Matusek. Yeah, I love this story. <laughs> who, it's a wild story. He's written many books. He's a really interesting man, but he's also, he does a lot of editing. I was trying desperately to get this story out. It's, it's about my, my, it's kind of my memoir type thing. And I had taken tons of notes, but never really could put it together. So I had heard of him somewhere along the line and I'd emailed him. I said, will you meet? Can I talk to you? And I was actually really surprised, but you know, I said, I'm a medium. I do this and I want to talk about spirit guides. And he's like, well, you know, sure. That's interesting. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, this guy works with Eve or all these other people, but you know, Julia Cameron, all these, but yeah, interesting. So he agreed to meet with me the week before that this all happened. So 
Okay, so I go trotting down to the village, right, with my manuscript for my spirit guidebook, and also these five handwritten pieces with, you know, Ben, Abby, Frederick, Farah, and Andy Warhol. And so I sit down with him, you know, in a cool coffee shop. I was just like, oh, this is like, this is what you're supposed you know, to do cool in New York. New York writer <laughs> thing. And yeah, yeah, and, you know, in the village. Yeah, oh, totally. And so he's sitting there and I tell him about the other book. And he's like, huh, hmm, do you have anything else? And I was like, oh God, he's going to think I'm really crazy, right? This is yeah. a really weird thing. So I said, okay, so imagine if you could talk to the spirits of people who were famous in their time and ask them about their lives and their choices and what they would have done differently and what they had to teach us now. He's like, oh, that sounds really interesting. Do you have that with you? I said, I said, yeah. He said, well, read me something. And I'm like, oh God, okay. And I kept hearing in my head, Andy Warhol, Andy Warhol. So I pull, I said, okay, Andy Warhol. And he, he just gave me this really weird look. And I thought, I, I just said something wrong or weird. And, but I just sensed a real change in energy in him. And so I start reading, okay, the beginning of this, this interview, which I have to say, Andy followed me around in my apartment that morning an hour before his appointed interview time, because I did set up interviews. And he kept saying this sentence. The problem with us outsiders is that we even live outside our own relationships. But I was so out, I was in. <laughs> it's like a fun joke. But he, I can't even explain an hour before the interview. It's like rolling it in my head, rolling it in my head. I, you know, proud of us as outsiders. I was so out, I was in. And I'm like, it's fine. I'm like, I get it, I get it. So it's literally interview starts with that sentence. And I read it to this guy and he just, he's like, he looked like I smacked him. Like he's like turned gray. I, I mean, he said, oh my God. And I, I was like, what? And he said, well, you know, I was Andy Warhol's first editor at Interview Magazine. Whoa. <laughs> well, I was like, oh my God. Oh my God. Oh my God, <laughs> right? And he, he said, the whole time I knew Andy, he gave me one gift. It was a purple scarf from India with a gold third eye and the words, be so out, you're in. Oh, wow. <laughs> I, I love that story. It's an amazing story because I was just like, it didn't matter what else I said. I don't really remember the rest of the meeting. I don't, I don't even know if I read the rest of it because it didn't matter because he said, you have to write this book. And it was that moment that I knew that this was, this was for real. I, at that point, I went back. I started gathering lists of spirits that would come in from all different sources. And I would sort of keep running lists of them. And I wrote pretty quickly, maybe six, less than six months, four months, 22 interviews. Mm -hmm. And then I got this email from Hay House saying, do you want to publish a book? And I, I just, I looked at it and I knew if I, if they said, come to speak, write and promote, and you learn how to publish a book and there's a chance to win a book deal. And I, I looked at, it, I said, I know if I do this, oh, this is a funny story too. I know if I do this, I'm going to win this book deal with Hay House. So I entered the contest. So, so I went there, I entered the contest 
And I won the book deal and an advance with Hay House. Yeah. I and I know you remember. I know I you did. remember that. We were all rooting was, for you. It was unbelievable. I think I called all my psychic friends and begged you all for like, <laughs> they're going to make a decision. They're going to make yeah. a decision. Please yeah. pray for me. So not only did I win the first prize, which was the book deal, I won the second prize, which was four episodes on Hay House Radio, which was a blast. There it is. And there was the surprise. So Right. Totally. It was a surprise, right? <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. It was so fun, too, though. It was all spirits all the time. Yeah. So which one was your favorite one? You know, there, oh, God. They're I can like, even tell you the answer I, to that. It's in the book. <laughs> I have the book, by the way. It's right here. <laughs> oh, God. I, of my, course, ordered you know, it right away. In, in retrospect, the ones who have stuck around, they still periodically visit. It's probably Patrick Swayze. Ooh. I, I So in the book, you said one of my favorite is Sappho. So. Oh, Sa- I, well, Sappho. Yeah, Sappho, definitely. Sappho was a high point of my book because she had me writing poems and they were amazing. I don't write poetry. (laughs) It was crazy. It was crazy. I remember it was so funny. I read some of the poems. They were beautiful. I mean, they were about love. They were about life. They were about, you know, your life path. They were about heartbreak. They were about her relationships. There was one about her daughter. That was so interesting too, because yeah, I didn't know much about Sappho either, but the little, they do think she has a, she had a daughter named Cleus, Cleus. She told me her name was Cleus. She said Cleus. Yeah. So uh, who apparently she lost before her time. That was the poem about her, Hmm. but that was a real high point. And I remember reading a poem to somebody who was, some sort of academic. And she's like, well, I heard of that before. Like, I, like, I I know that before. I'm like, no, you don't. (laughs) Because I sat and first of all, Sappho left fragments. There's very little whole anything from, from Sappho. She left frag, like they found little fragments. She lived 600 BC. Hmm. So they found, it's really cool though. If you see books, they're little fragments. There may be two surviving poems, I think. There was one called Lilies that was my absolute favorite. And it was about, you know, heartbreak and even basically, even though your heart is breaking, it'll open again to another and it in in much more beautiful terms than I just said. But (laughs) um, because like I said, I'm not a poet, but she is. Right. um, But this woman's like, I heard that. I'm like, no, you you didn't. (laughs) So why Patrick Swayze? Well, I mean, why not Patrick Swayze? I I love his vibe. (laughs) and. It was hilarious. Like the whole time I was trying that the whole time after I had submitted a book proposal to Hay House, I had these images of Patrick Swayze and Gandhi sitting on Reed Tracy, the president of Hay House, sitting on his desk. (laughs) And Patrick Swayze was like doing that full ghost thing. I'm Henry the eighth. I am Henry the eighth. I am. I am. Right. (laughs) And, you know, God, you're just sitting there saying, you must consider Susan's book, you know, <laughs> like, like, like basically they just decided they were going to help root for me. And Patrick Swayze just, he, he pops in. So Patrick pops in, Gandhi still pops in, Ben Franklin still pops in, Sappho still pops in. To see and you like on random occasions. Me. Yeah. Okay. Just, cool. just randomly. And I mean, if I kind of called them, like I can see them. And they would talk to me. Yeah. But, you know, they had a job to do. 
So, you know, Abby Hoffman wanted to talk about peace. And actually, it was it was really weird to read him. I love this book so much because no matter what's going on in my life or in the world, if I pick this up and read a couple pieces, I get the answer. And, you know, Abby Hoffman was a Vietnam War protester. And his whole thing, he says, you know, people need to stand up. And but they need to stand up for peace. Right. And like that was his whole piece. And again, it's kind of I don't normally reconnect with him, but that's what's going on. And when I was just looking through my book in preparation for this, the, there were a couple that jumped out. And so the one was Abby Hoffman and one was Frederick Douglass. This quote, he said, What is the purpose of life, after all? To collect or amass wealth and then die? I would say pass. I don't believe that. We have choices about how we live, what we stand for, and what we teach others by example. These are our own choices because we are autonomous as people and as eternal souls. And he also said, you will always see the creations of the most powerful move to center stage and be in the limelight for good or for ill. This is how we create our world. It was very, I don't know, you know, I wrote, there was a lot more of that kind of like political stuff in it. Not a lot of political stuff, but just kind of like, we need to be aware and alert to what's happening in our world because we come here to learn. We need to love our world. We need to love ourselves. Right. Because we are divine. That's what Gandhi says right. in this book. My, one of my very, very favorite quotes in the book, two of them actually from Gandhi, one do not fear, do not fear, help is on the way, and it is you. There was, there was also another really beautiful one. Uh, there are many beautiful quotes in here, but basically that, here it is. Sometimes it is easier to see the divinity in others, but know that you can only do that because you're divine too. I love it. I always say that. The genius that Thanks. you recognize in others is the genius that is in you. Exactly. Nostradamus, you know, obviously is, you know, he's a huge prophet of our times or or, no, not of our times, but (laughs) we'll used to talk about our times. Correct. You said, what about the United States? Like, what do we need to know about the United States? Now this is back in 2011. 2011. Mm -hmm. Yeah. He says, uh, a time of great social change, prosperity, abundance, an age of Aquarius, a a reaffirm, sorry, reaffirmation of faith, although not in religious sense. One warning, do not move backward in time. Guns and knives are the old way. Make a choice. This concentration of resources with affluent and the lack of clear priorities have led to a dichotomy in your society. Again, the people must make a choice. Until there is more equal distribution of resources, there will continue to be misery, poverty, and widespread disease. Um, The last part I got like shivers. So mm-hmm. anyway, it's just interesting that, you know, he had said that and he said a lot of other things as well. Some of them have come true and some of them not, right? Isn't that correct? Yeah. Most famously, he wrote about all kinds of, um, he wrote these in quatrains. Right. And one was about, he called him Hister and he referenced oh, the Iron Hitler, Cross. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It. yeah he, he definitely had a lot of things right, but I did enjoy connecting with him. What was a piece that you took away from all of this? Like, what was your favorite like aspect of the knowingness that you receive by communicating yep. with them? Have the courage to do what you want to do now. That's it. Because you don't know what the future holds. I think that's the biggest takeaway. Have the courage to do it. 
Also, I guess any medium would say, anytime we are presented with information from a spirit that's validated, it just reaffirms the existence of an afterlife, that life continues. Right. So the fact that there are 22 pieces from, I mean, there's one from Einstein. I'm so bad at physics. And like, <laughs> I remember. Sappho, Sappho, you remember? Yeah, exactly. Sappho, you know, the Sappho poems, I can't write poetry. I can't even talk about the poetry. You know, Gandhi who, and, and Charlemagne, a king, an abolitionist, Andy Warhol, brilliant. Steve Jobs. Steve Jobs. Oh my God, Steve Jobs was so cool. Steve Jobs, what was most interesting about him that I remember was he was he was all about creativity. And he just said the reason he was so successful is he just he really just just dug into his creativity and didn't he said, I let it have its freedom and didn't limit it. And it grew and grew. Hmm. He just really he said, ne- oh, never live for other people and their expectations, for that can never make you happy. Mm, you are your so most true. important person. Yeah, Louis Armstrong said a similar thing. You know, don't even try to make other people happy because they're never, everybody's always going to have something to say. Right. No matter what you say. So just, you know, just be your own guide. And Steve Jobs said, picture the best future you can imagine. Set that vision into place and go for it. Don't be deterred. In the world you live in, there's unlimited abundance and potential for your success. As they say, if you can dream it, you can be it, and you can have it. Now, that was interesting. But he just, uh, you know, I, I could see, hear, and feel them and when I was connecting with them. It's my mediumship process. And he just was having this such a good time. I could feel how much fun he was having during the communication. And I said, I get the feeling you really enjoyed this conversation. And he said, immensely, I'm participating in a new kind of communication across (laughs) the dimensions. There's nothing better than that. And then I got the sense he's making this joke. Maybe I can build a computer or device to help that along. Just kidding. And then there there was a shift. And he said, maybe there's a way. Mm. I have to think about it. (laughs) I was like, oh, my God. So basically, he's like, oh, yeah, ha, ha. It's funny, you know, to think about creating something to communicate across or communicate across the dimensions. Maybe I could do it. One thing I learned from these folks, once people cross or spirits cross, all these brilliant folks and regular folks or they some of them you can do whatever you want on the other side. Some people want to work and they want to innovate. And when they innovate, when they feel like we're ready here, they inspire us with that mm. information. Yeah. So I found that incredibly amazing when he said that. I was like, oh my God, that's so cool. So yeah. I mean, you had such a diverse group of people that you spoke with. It was really cool. Mm -hmm. Like Henry Ford is among them as well. You know, it's just very interesting. But I know that some people didn't make it into the book, right? Like they came either later. Like I remember one time I was doing a healing on you. And do you do you remember this time when I uh, absolutely do? Whitney Houston. Houston. Yeah. I was like, whoa, there's a very strong energy in this room. I need to address it because it it is not leaving. And I was like, who are you? What are you doing? And it was like, I am Whitney Houston and I'm here to talk to Susan. (laughs) I was like, well, this is not the time. Um, And I will, I will relay the message to you to, you know, sit down with her. So anyway, that was really funny. (laughs) Yeah, I remember that. And 
it was it was right after she she passed, but she hadn't passed to the other side yet. Right. She was hanging out. She was hanging out. And I mean, usually people cross if they hang out a little bit, sometimes they just I have to say, sometimes they hang out through the funeral to see who's there. I know yeah. that sounds really strange. They see their own funeral and and listen to just to be a part of it. And then they cross. I did interview Whitney Houston and some other folks, and I have their stories. So I feel like at some point that's going to be published as well. But at the moment, it's well, I'll know when it's the time. Right. So I interviewed Notorious B.I.G., who was one of my favorites. That was I, I was scared of him because <laughs> I didn't understand him. <laughs> but, but but after I talked to him, I really loved him. I love the piece that I did. Actually, it almost ended up in this book, but for various reasons, because I had taken oh, I had taken questions out of a biopic. And so we literally had to pull the whole piece out because we couldn't, we, I had so many pieces, which was a blessing mm-hmm. that actually Walt Disney ended up in this, instead of the second book, Walt got pulled, put in this piece right. and Biggie got put out, took, sorry, Biggie. Yeah. Legal things. So, right. Okay. Um, I gotcha. Yeah. Why do we have to seek permission when you have to, you know, all these other pieces? Right. So I know you spoke with Robin Williams. I did. Robin Williams is not in the book. Robin Williams happened after after all of that. Excerpts of that can be found on the Hay House Heal Your Life. It's healyourlife.com. It's Louise Hay's website. And you can just actually put my name in there and search. And there's like some interview, some of an interview in there from with Robin Williams. There's also an interview with there's like a celebrities top tips for living your best life now. <laughs> and there is an interview with Sylvia Brown after she passed. <gasps> I didn't know you there's did that. Some, How did yeah, we never I talk just, about that? I short. love her. Yeah, yeah, I loved her. So there's so there's some of that, but oh my God, he's so funny. Robin Williams was so funny in spirit. He's like, life is one long continuum. Look, it's still going on. <laughs> <laughs> Being on earth is a gift and a blessing, not a curse. There are wonderful things to experience here and enjoy. And laugh, always laugh. And then he starts doing this like shtick. It's like, you know, the best thing about being being on the other side, you don't have to pay taxes. You don't need to get insurance. You're not sitting in traffic for hours on the LA freeway. You're not obligated to hang out with anyone. And anybody can have sex with anybody. (laughs) But it was, you know, there was so much. And then there's good stuff. The point of history is be yourself and don't repeat. Create something new that nobody created before. Maybe you're inspired by others and that's okay, but we're all unique. If you play guitar, even if you play Jimi Hendrix music, you'll never play it exactly like him. And that's a good thing. Hmm. Just very inspiring. But that's all these pieces are like that. But I want to bring up, he called it the big question that everybody wants to ask because he did cross himself over at the end. Right. Some people would call that suicide. In my world, we call it crossing yourself over because that's a birth into the afterlife. It's not a death there. It's a birth. So he said, the way I passed is irrelevant. I lived and laughed and cried a lot too. I enjoyed my life and had fun. But I bought into an illusion, as people have been doing for centuries. Like the parent trap, I got caught up in the illusion trap. I got caught up in my story. And so did people around me. But that's so often the case when you're human. 
A pill doesn't fix things. The heart does. Mm. Like Bounty, the quicker picker upper. <laughs> <laughs> Feel good about your life. I know. It's Ron Williams. Mm. He does stick, right? Mm. Feel good about your life. Say I'm blessed because you are. I had many wonderful years. So you can't say my life was a suicide. And that's where I lead the conversation. I made people laugh. I love the people in my life. And I had rich, full relationships with them. That was not a suicide. I left the earth instead with love. Hmm. Thank you, Robin. Thank you, Robin. Actually, didn't you say that he came to you this morning to tell you to share that? He did. When you do psychic work, it's very important to open and close your psychic bubble. When I opened it, I was like, okay, (laughs) you know, angels, guide, descended master, spirits of all those in the book. I ask you to come in, whoever it is that wants to talk, needs to talk. And then Robin came right in and he, he wanted me to read that. And hold on, Louis Armstrong. <laughs> I'm just sitting here and I'm like, oh, Louis Armstrong. Like, Louis. Okay, what is it, Louis? I just like got this Louis Armstrong sense. I loved him. He was really fascinating to talk to or talk with. I had just quotes everywhere because there's so much good stuff in this. Mm-hmm. And they're all little pieces. They're just a few pages each. So you can pick it up and read one and get something from it. Ah, Louie, he wanted to say this. Originality is the key to your success. That seems to be coming. That's the theme for today, apparently. What makes you unique, what makes you special is also what will make you powerful and successful. Find what you do well and do it like you do. Hmm. He just wanted me to reiterate that. And it seems to be, again, the book has many themes, but that they seem to be coming back to. Mm. You are unique. You are special. You are divine. Be original. That's the key to your success. Right. And, and ignore what other people say because they'll always have something to say. Right. Yeah. And do what you do and, and just try to do it as well as you can. Be you. And that's the key to your success. Yeah. I tell that to people all the time. At a certain point, we just, it becomes harder to hold in who you are than it is just to be it. So, you know, there is that threshold that you just become your greatest expression of you. Yeah. It's when you do this kind of work, what I love is it just, it's very magical. And I really do like, I want to mention, I want to give a shout out to the last person that you did podcast, Karen. Oh, Karen Thomas. Yeah. She was awesome. She was awesome. And she was talking about the dark night of the soul and how she, she often feels she, she, she believes in studying all this because she's quite an expert in near death experiences that people who have these near death experiences is because they have a trauma or they've gotten off of their path really resonated for me because, you know, I had basically kind of collapsed into my sofa because I was just sick for so long mm-hmm. and I hadn't given up hope, but it was kind of like, maybe I'm done. And then I had this experience and I got forced to really make a choice about whether I wanted to stay here. And, and then all this happened and my life became magical. And I can just look back at my life and see the different phases. Yes, I was a lawyer for 20 years. You know, Then I was sick and just sort of try to hang in there. Then I published this book. And now I am on the next phase of working on screenplays Right. With with a screenwriter. And we actually adapted this into a TV series. That's one. And then we did one 
about supernatural romance, LGBTQ themed supernatural romance, which is interesting. And that is actually in the hands of a producer in Hollywood right now. Awesome. Sending yeah. love and, and light to all that. Mm, thank you. And the one that we're working on now, oh my God, I have no respect for sci-fi writers. <laughs> my, my screenwriter and I thought it would be fun. No, actually, I thought it would be fun. She wasn't so sure it would be fun, but I, I love sci-fi. I'm such a geek. Like, you know, this is my Star Wars mug, you know, Black Spire from Disney World and Star Wars. I was like, I want to do a sci-fi, you know, with ETs. And she's like, oh, I don't know. I mean, it's called a high concept, like a big movie. But we did, you know, the, the, the last one, the Spirit Guide one, it's more sort of an indie flick. I mean, it's a movie. It's beautiful, really beautiful. But I thought, let's just do a big sci-fi movie. Oh, we tried to make it smaller and it just <laughs> got bigger. Because when you do sci-fi, you create a new world. Right. All right. the rules are different. Right. And then you're dealing with ETs. There was, by the way, an ET sighting. I'm not, that's not my thing. It's not. I know some people really like to follow that, but I was just guided to do that. Somebody sent me this picture that there was the Federal Aviation Administration, the FAA, released photos of this UFO that appeared over Hawaii on New Year's Eve. Oh, huh. It was blue. It appeared and then dropped into the ocean. <gasps> Whoa. They published it. Like, they're not publishing pictures of UFOs. It's crazy. I definitely saw one in Colorado. I was out in a huge field and something brought my attention upward and I was looking at it and I was watching it and it was just like hovering. Crazy, it was, right? it was, it was high up. And then all of a sudden it moved faster than I'd ever seen anything and then disappeared. And I was like, what the hell was that? <laughs> that was amazing. <laughs> it's amazing. Well, because what's, I had to learn about it. It's not really my thing. There are a couple of interesting TV documentaries on it, if people are interested in that. There's one called Unacknowledged. Steven Tyler of Aerosmith is like, always talks about it. He's like, oh my God, you have to see Unacknowledged. <laughs> so um, it's really funny. But And then there's one called Close Encounters of the Fifth Kind that came out pretty recently. And they kind of delve into a lot more of the history of UFOs and, and our government not wanting that to get out. And, mm -hmm. But also the footage that the Pentagon released Last year, there's yep. been so much going on. They released this footage. And, and it like didn't some, make the news because <laughs> everything didn't else. didn't make the news. Yeah, right. It's, my screenwriter actually has two children. And she said, we need more family adventure movies. So that's what it is. Awesome. It's a family movie. It's high concept sci-fi. The, the heroine is 14 years old. Oh, cool. Is it yeah. a girl or a boy? It's a girl. It's a heroine. Girl. There's a group of four from different corners of the world and they end up in a very special place. So suffice it to say they, they learn about their superpowers. Cool. All these spirits are talking about originality. Originality is our superpowers, what they're all saying. Oh, like yeah. who you are, like find what you do well. And that's your superpower. Oh my gosh. <laughs> so for every <laughs> podcast, I sit down and I ask spirit what they want the healing to be on. And it was five and two, which is the fifth chakra and the second chakra, which is about expression and creativity. And the second chakra can also have other information, but it said expressing creativity. So everybody's getting healing on expressing creativity. 
Louis Armstrong, Steve Jobs. Yeah. Right. Exactly. That's amazing. Yeah. It it makes a lot of sense. I mean, I just, I'm a blank slate and I just asked, what do you want this to be about? And they said that. Well, you had, plus you had me on and I don't know if I I love kind of a a lot of esoteric things and I, I like astrology, but for those of you who know anything about astrology, I'm a Libra. So I like fairness and peace and harmony and I have five air planets and I have a Gemini ascendant. That means I communicate. (laughs) And I have Chiron and Pisces at the top of my chart. I came here to lead with spirituality. Mm. And I came here to actually make big projects. My intention is to create mass media projects. The book was one. And now the TV shows and the movies are the others. And to help awaken consciousness. Yeah. Because we are in the age of, age of Aquarius and things are going to change yeah. for the better, I hope. Yeah, I hope we go in the right direction. Seems that we are. I think, I don't know. I, I don't think, think I, I don't think I'd be here if it was going in a bad direction. <laughs> um, I actually think that's really true. I don't think I would either. When the virus kind of came around, I mean, definitely I'm nervous about it. And I live in Florida. It, it was another one of those times where I assessed what I'm doing on earth and whether I really, really want to be here. Right. My life is not easy. It just isn't. I'm allergic to a lot of things and I have, I could call them limitations, but my guides recently said, don't look at them as disabilities, have an ability perspective. What can you do? What can you do? Right. Shift the reticular. Yeah. Shift the reticular activating system to see what's working for you. They, that's what they said. And it was a great opportunity again, you know, when COVID hit, I guess it's it's not another dark night of the soul, but it's another choice point. Right. Do you want to be here? And I'm like, I refuse to go. I'm like, not only no, but I'm like, (laughs) I had to think about it though, but I'm like, no, I I refuse. Yeah. Got my biggest fear is being taken too soon. Uh, Not, it wouldn't be too soon, but like, I I feel like I have so much and I want to see my son get older and all that stuff. Um, Well, refuse. I refuse. Yeah. (laughs) It I'm not the last getting time. on that bus. <laughs> oh my God. It's really strange you say that. My first spiritual teacher, I was having a conversation with her about this. It's Dr. Christine Page. And she's a really next level spiritual thinker. She's like, the train's in the station and people who want to go, we're getting on the train. Hmm. And I'm like, I'm not going. I'm not. I refuse. <laughs> bye-bye. Bye-bye. <laughs> I have movies to make. I won't. Yeah. I want to see your movies. I'm so excited. Especially the family one. Yeah. Right. (gasps) Me too. But it's so crazy. Like the other two, they did not take long to write, especially, well, the second one I already had outlined. So basically it just got put into a script form with a story around it. This one, we've been working hard since September. I mean, hard. Yeah. We're on the fourth outline. So she's about to go in probably the last outline, and then we go to screenwriting. And our plan is to pitch this summer, either May or August, Hmm. you know, sometime in the summer. But it was, I know it's going to end up in good hands. We have a lot of natural connections. And all I had to do was, like, this one producer, like, a really well-known medium gave me her producer. It's your choice. You get these opportunities. The door's open. Do you walk through them? The law of attraction, great. It'll bring things to you, but you still got to walk through the door. Right. Absolutely. 
Susan, thank you so much for being on the show. You are so awesome. I love you so much. You are such a light in this world. And I, I love that you're doing all these amazing things to create a new level of consciousness on the planet. So thank you. Thank you so much. So, so I would love for listeners to feel free to drop me an email.Ometimes people send me questions, like yeah. actual questions. So you can reach me at Susan, at Susan Lander. It's S-U-S-A-N-L-A-N-D-E-R. Susan at SusanLander.us, like us. Cool. Susan at SusanLander.us. And I have a really nice Facebook page. Susan Lander author. It's, it's Susan Lander author. I had to look it up. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I actually do post there like, you know. Frequently. Two or three times a week. Yeah, frequently. And, you know, my, it's so funny about intention because my intention was when people look at the page, I want them to feel good. Like I want to feel good when yeah. I look at my page. Yeah. So that's what. And I do. I feel good when I look at your page. So that's, uh, it's coming you. through. It's very right. interesting what can come through in just a picture. Yeah. What was really weird. This was really weird. The other day, it was just went all this. Oh, can I just read you this? This is very strange. These you know, pretty boxes with quotes and different things mm-hmm. are programmed into the sendable program. You know, there's a certain amount of randomness. And then I also add things, you know, with all the stuff that happened the other day at the Capitol, which was, you know, extremely, extremely upsetting, obviously. One of my quotes out of my book came up and, you know, I was just feeling a lot of anger. I'm, as an attorney, I lived in DC, like, you know, this, this like that's sacred ground to me. And this is what was interesting. The spirit of Gandhi happened to come up that day on my page. On my page. People just want to be loved, accepted, needed, and understood mm-hmm. at their core and at their essence. The way they act stems from that, even though it may not always seem that way. Yep. <laughs> I, I know. That's like, what I keep saying about what happened. You know, like I was irked. Yeah. I was irked. <laughs> Triggered. It came up on my That's page. good. Yeah, you triggered yourself. <laughs> I totally triggered myself. And I was like, because I it was easy for me to be mad at them. And then there was this Gandhi quote directly addressing it. Yeah, I love it. Okay. Gandhi, thank yeah. you. <laughs> Gandhi, thank you. Yeah, it's so amazing how they can spirit can influence electronics. And didn't it, weren't you the person who got an email? I feel like you got a text or an email out of the blue at one point that was like very clear. It was not supposed to be there. I didn't get an email. Well, my, my dad cut into a conversation (laughs) that my mom and my niece were having. My dad is in spirit. Oh, that's right. Yes. Yeah. He actually like got into their telephone conversation and said, hello there. (gasps) They were both like, wait, what? (laughs) <laughs> like it was really crazy. And I they knew were, something happened. And they were, you know what? And they were at the beach because spirit, again, electrical, the water really helps them. Mm-hmm. So they were on the beach and my mom was on the beach talking to my niece and my dad cut into a phone conversation. That's pretty crazy. So it's called EVP. Uh, well, that's, I guess, a form of EVP. What does that mean? Um, it's electronic voice print. Spirits can get in and leave messages on answering machines, <laughs> that kind of thing. I know. Oh my it's God. Really yeah, just research EVP. There, there's a medium that I also interviewed, and she talks about how something like that happened in an email. 
It's a, it was so cool. It was dated That's amazing. like 1969 or something that like, oh. clearly like way earlier. And it was <laughs> really That's cool. amazing. Yeah. yeah. That's amazing. So wow. I, I love that you're open to all this stuff. I'm open to all of it. And I hope the listeners are open to all of this because it's, it's, it's definitely out there, but we're so out that we're in, right? <laughs> Hopefully. I- <laughs> We have to, we have to let That's Andy have the last word. Yeah, we will and, name um, the episode, Be So Out You're In. <laughs> be So Out You're In. And what I loved, and another thing Andy said was, you know, I was my own art. Mm. You know, It's true. It's true. We mm-hmm. work on ourselves so much and we are such beautiful expressions of spirit and it is a work of art, you know, mm-hmm. in all the mess, you know, and all the perfection and all the imperfection. It's all perfect. It's all beautiful. <laughs> Yeah, I think we don't give we don't give ourselves enough credit. We don't. No. Mm-hmm. It's hard being in earth school. We talk about that all the time, you know. Yeah. You know, like how how Robin Williams was like, you can have sex with whoever you want. You can, you know, you don't have to be Texas, <laughs> you know, whatever. You know, it's all easier over there. You know, I we say it's easier, but it's just a different lifestyle, you know. And we are here for a purpose and we're here working things out. We're here releasing stuff for reasons, you know, and and learning mm-hmm. because we want to. So Anyway, it was such yeah. a wonderful opportunity to be able to speak to you today. Thank you. Oh, this was fun. Yeah. Let me talk. I could talk about this book all day. I know. I feel the same way so when fun. I talk about any of my stuff. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, thank you thank so you, much, Susan. Thank you very much. All content provided by Amy Stark and her guests on the Ophelia Podcast website or other platforms, including text, images, audio, or other formats, were created for informational purposes only. Always seek the advice of a physician or qualified health provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition. Amy Stark is not a doctor or a therapist. 